On today's show, we break down the blockbuster trade that sent James Harden to the Sixers and Ben Simmons to the Nets. The Suns got the best of the Bucks in a finals rematch. Luka Doncic drops 50 and the Knicks go into San Francisco and beat the Warriors. It's all coming up on a Friday edition of Locked on NBA. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Adam, how's it going, man? It's good, man. What a busy day. This might be our busiest Thursday or Friday show we've we've ever done. So, locked yeah. and Let's jump right in. Uh, we got a bunch of games to get to, but before we do that, the trade deadline is over finally, and we have a bunch of moves to talk about. But the big one is the blockbuster between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers that sent James Harden to Philly while Ben Simmons heads to Brooklyn, along with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, some draft picks as well. Uh, Adam, what needs to happen for the Nets uh, for this to be considered a success now that they have swapped Harden out and Ben Simmons is in? I think for both of these teams, success is the same thing. You have to win. I think it's a little different, though. And when I say win, I mean win the title. By the way, Brooklyn, best odds. I haven't checked the updated, uh, you know, odds uh, on betonline.net, but right. I'm guessing Brooklyn remains the favorites despite losing 10 games in a row at the moment. But yeah, I, I think I checked it. Brooklyn's at plus 500, but Philly's right behind them at plus 650. How fun is that, by the way, that those two teams yeah. now are checking at one, too? But um, you know, so it's it's a championship, championship or bust, and with this trade is the same thing. But I think there's actually a little bit bigger stakes for both teams, and that is, I don't know how happy Kevin Durant is. He certainly didn't seem very happy today when he picked his team and and waited for James Harden to be picked absolutely last. He, and I just wonder if for them it's also about just maintaining. You know, they put this team together, that super team, thinking it would be there for years and years to come. I look at that now and I go, are they one bad playoff away, a playoff run away from everybody just kind of wanting out and having to hit reset? So for me, success is number one, winning a championship. But number two, it's just not rocking the boat so much that this whole thing collapses. Yeah, I mean, the biggest issue with Brooklyn right now, and we could talk about Kyrie's vaccination status, James Harden wanting to get out of there and not playing so well the last couple of weeks. But really, it's Kevin Durant being hurt. I mean, had he yeah. not gotten injured... We're probably not having any of this conversation, even with Kyrie being a part-time player. That was, I don't know, eventually that something had to give there, and we still don't really have a, a resolution to that. But um, you're right. Like, how many times do you get to admit failure? Because this was, no doubt, admitting failure on the first uh, one time. Right. You, you tried to cobble together three stars, right. sacrificed depth for all of that. This move adds more depth for Brooklyn, right? Seth Curry is a nice piece. For you sure. Get Andre Drummond as another body in a front court, so you don't have to rely so much on the Blake Griffins and the LaMarcus Aldridge's. Um, so they're a little bit deeper. The fit works. I think it's 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 a really good fit for Ben Simmons, just for him yeah. personally, uh, surrounded by two great shooters in more, more Kevin Durant two, and though. Kyrie you got, sometimes. You got Seth, Seth Curry. Curry. You got uh, Patty Mills. Like, there, there's yeah. no shortage of shooting on that. Maybe right? Joe Harris eventually. Yeah. Um, so it's a great fit for him. Uh, and so, but I, I'm with you, like anything short of the finals is a bust. And if you do, if it does bust, like, do you have to make another move? Did Kyrie Irving could walk right. away as a free agent? Like right. it might not even be up to Brooklyn. So there's a lot going on there. It makes it much harder for Kyrie Irving to leave if they win the finals, but, uh, there's no predicting what that guy's going to do. And then as far as the Sixers is, well, hold on. before we exactly. go to the Sixers, oh, yeah. I have to bring up, I have to ask one question. Cause I think it's kind of interesting. Is this now 
KD and Kyrie's team still? Do you feel like it's KD and Simmons's team now? I mean, obviously Simmons will eventually be playing right. more games. I just, I, I'm kind of curious how that dynamic works. I know these are all just abstractions. Like they didn't, it's all of their team, but I just wonder where sort of the emphasis is placed and who thrives the most now with this new configuration. I think it's, I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that. Um, well, if you ask Kyrie, it's still his team. Sure. So sure. maybe if you asked him, he knows the answer. Uh, I don't think Ben Simmons is, he doesn't strike me as that kind of personality. Be like, Hey, like I'm the captain now. I, I think that Kyrie Irving is just weird enough where you're like, you don't, you don't kind of infringe on his territory. You're like, that guy's unpredictable. I don't know what he's going to do. Somebody always has to sacrifice in a big three. I mean, this is just, and yeah. this is part of why it didn't work. I think at least a small part of why it didn't work with Harden is, you know, I don't know which guy has to take a step back. Simmons is a really good player and he's really good in transition. He's good with the ball in his hands. And if you give him the spacing that you have, I actually think it would be smart to play with him as the ball handler in a lot of situations. But I don't know that you can do that with KD, with Kyrie, with him. And I'm just kind of curious to see, do all of them sacrifice mm. perfectly or does somebody have to do the Chris Bosh thing, the the Kevin Love thing where it's like, hey, I know I have more talents, but I'm content to do a much smaller role a lot better. Yeah, I think KD would be – he's always been fine playing off of somebody, whether it be Russell Westbrook or or Draymond mm. Green or Steph Curry. And then Kyrie, you're right, but you only have to deal with that on the road, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Ben Simmons, if you just tell him, like, hey, man like, – Usually when you talk about sacrifice, you're talking about shots. Like right. if you tell Ben Simmons, hey, don't shoot at all, he'd be like, great. That's, that's yeah. perfect for me. Like I just get the pass and, and play defense. And then that means that KD and Kyrie don't have to play as much defense because now you've got an all-NBA defender sort of shoring up your back line there. There you go. Um, I don't know. Um, Want to talk about the Sixers angle here? Is this the second coming of Kobe and Shaq? Man, no, I don't know. I don't know about that. It is really interesting. I mean, you got to tip your cap to Daryl Morey. James Harden obviously provides a very interesting pick and roll partner. I think they're going to generate an enormous amount of switches. Getting getting switches is going to be so easy for them. And of course, Joel Embiid, enormous, great in the post. Yes. It's going to be teams are going to be dying every time they do switch. I, the thing that's interesting about them is I think they have a very short but wide open window now. I love them. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they're not favorites, that they're still behind Brooklyn, because I think that they should be right up there in the conversation with, I'm with, you. with the best, even your Phoenix teams. They're that dynamic. The problem is, you know, James Harden's going to get a massive contract after this, and he's a little mm -hmm. bit old. He's looked a little bit slower. We'll see if that shores up. You know, injuries start to creep in when you start to get into your mid-30s there. So I think that they're going to probably be a team that has to sacrifice the future for the present. Right. And it makes sense. You do that. You open up the window as wide as you can when you have an opportunity. So they're a team that if it goes wrong, I fear it's going to go wrong for a long time. But if it goes right, they might get a championship or two. It was a no-brainer trade. You're moving on from yeah. Ben Simmons, who is a non-factor for you. And you're getting one of the best 15 players, 12 players, 10 players, depending on who you talk to. Right. And James Harden, definitely one of the best scorers in the NBA. Are you getting the, the James Harden who less than a year ago we were talking about as possibly being in the MVP conversation? Or are you getting the one who was out of shape and disgruntled in Brooklyn? How quickly could he get back into shape? He's only got 20-something games here as a ramp up to the playoffs. And how quickly can Joel Embiid and him build up that chemistry? Because, right. look, you you don't even think about Seth Curry in this situation. You get James Harden. But Seth Curry and Joel Embiid had a really nice pick-and-roll chemistry. How much can they build? Can Harden and Embiid kind of recreate that chemistry? How much does that even really matter if you have a, ta a singular talent like Embiid and a single talent like Harden teaming up. I don't know. Uh, it's really, really interesting. But to your point, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. Their window is now pretty short, just given James Harden's age, I guess, um, and, and sort of the contract that you're going to kind of have to be forced to, to 
sign him right. to with a long right. contract. Uh, it, that's not going to look good in years three, four, five of that deal probably. And so isn't that, wasn't this kind of like not the point of the process? Wasn't the whole point of the process was <laughs> to build something long lasting, a long term with a huge window. And it just sort of, look, if you win a championship, you win a championship and whatever right. process you took, I that's guess it's process, worth it. But I just yeah. find that funny. I just find it funny. Um, uh, all right. Should we get to right. another? The last, the last thing of this is Embiid yeah. hasn't, didn't get along with, with Simmons, you know, clash with the star clearly. It, maybe it gets overblown to this or that, but obviously it went really, really south. Maybe he was justified in this, whatever. James Harden, same thing. Played with Chris Paul, played with uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, now played with a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and has been disgruntled. So I think it's going to work out because I think their skill sets do not overlap him and Embiid. And I think that makes it a little bit easier. But I'm at least got my eye on this, man. Like, I don't know. Sometimes players just get, don't get along with people in every place. And you mm -hmm. go, okay, I think I know where the problem is. If you're always battling with your teammates, it might be you. And, and so I'm just curious to see how this works out. I agree. Uh, some thoughts on the Porzingis deal going to Washington. Because if you ask Wes Unsell Jr., oh he thinks God. Porzingis is going to be there, Nikola Jokic. Man, I, I am removing my uh, my endorsement of Wes Unsell Jr. It's a great coach. <laughs> I have to remove it after this after this blasphemy about uh, Chris Depps Porzingis, who I think averages 1.2 assists per, per game in his career. Um, look, this was a weird trade, man. This was a, a, a bit of a shocker. Luca, we're going to talk about a little bit later, seems happy with it. He went out and played yeah. one of his best games of the year. Um, and maybe that it was as simple as that. We know that Luca and, and Porzingis, not exactly probably long for each other. They was working and, and they were obviously having success this year. Mm -hmm. You get a Dinwiddie, another guy who's wear worn on teammates yeah. over his stays. You get Bertans, who is in, you're buying really low on Bertans. Maybe he bounces back now that he gets to go back to being just that standstill catch and shoot three point shooter. I don't really know how I, I feel on this one just yet. I think it's a win for Dallas. Dallas is going to have a lot of guys that can get into the paint, spread, pick, and roll, probably going to work. Um, but it's certainly a, a strange trade. Yeah, I actually don't think the way to look at it is from an X's and O's perspective. I think from an X, it's kind of interesting, but that, I don't think that was the motivation behind this. I think it was just two teams trading a couple of unhappy players. Yeah. And just, and it's, I, I think this was a locker room deal. Yeah. Um, I love that what Sunset Jr. is trying to force the, the <laughs> yoga. Like there, there, there's a saying like, Hey, if you squint hard enough, it kind of looks like this. This is yeah. just your eyes are closed. These are your yeah. eyes are just closed here. You're not even squinting anymore. Um, we got some other deals really quick. I want to talk about the Celtics getting Derek white from San Antonio and Daniel Dice from Houston. Uh, the Celtics turn of the calendar year, number one net rating in the NBA. They're riding a six, seven game win streak or something like that right now. Yeah. Um, they're really good lately. They're they're and they just got better, in my opinion. Derek White is exactly the kind of point guard they needed. Kind of shocked that they were able to get him. They it took a lot of draft capital to and Josh Richardson to get him, but it was a no-brainer for them. And Daniel Tice, nice little backup center for them. Yeah, at the re reunion, I believe, with, with Tice, yes. right? So, you know, it's funny how teams always have this like backup center or backup like just some player that's a, a bit player but keeps winding up in the same situation tory craig by yeah. the way went back to phoenix as well so yeah, there's right. another example of this uh yeah i like it i mean i like it for boston <laughs> it's so funny how the perspective on boston has changed in three weeks because three weeks ago it kind of felt like what is boston doing do they need a reset do they need an overhaul now you get a win streak going you add a Derek white you bring back a tice and you look at it and you go that's actually a pretty complete team now i'm kind of intrigued to see if they can throw their hat back in the ring with all of these other contenders out east. Yeah. I think they're one of the best five, four or five teams in the, in the Eastern or probably five teams in the six. Eastern conference. I think now. it's six. Six? I think six. They have, yeah. I think there's five that 
they're trying to get back into that group. Yeah, it depends on where you put Chicago, I guess. Um, all right, so quick thoughts on Ibaka to Milwaukee. I like it. You don't know when Brooke Lopez is coming back, kind of right. in the same mold. You need somebody at that spot, uh, so you're not so, putting so much on Giannis and Bobby Portis at center. I know you have thoughts on Bagley to Detroit. Marvin Bagley the third. <laughs> well, it's funny to me that Detroit kind of – they're almost Sacramento uh, East, so you can I don't know, like a lot of good players go to Detroit to not pan out. They also go to Sacramento <laughs> to not pan out. So this is kind of an interesting one. But Bagley, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. I'm very excited to, to watch him and to see how this unfolds because I think Bagley, the idea of him is really fun. I mean, he can't guard. Yes. We got to see if he can start to defend. But as an offensive weapon and this hyper-athletic, super mobile big guy is really fun. And, and I'm just intrigued to see if it works out for them uh, as they have all this young talent now. All right, well, those are all the trades that we have time to get to. We've got a finals rematch that we want to talk about. Plus, the Warriors had a chance to win the game with a late three, but didn't get the ball to Steph for the final mm. shot. We'll talk about that next. But first, let's talk our friends about let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game on Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot. For all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all of these amazing offers available for the 2022 season. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. Let's get to these games from Thursday night. We'll start with the finals rematch between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, a close game early on where no team led by more than two possessions. That was until two minutes left in the second quarter. The Suns use an 8-0 run to take an eight-point lead into halftime and then build on that lead with a 33-21 third quarter to take control of the game. The Suns went on to win 131-107. to Chris Paul finishes with 17 points and 19 assists. DeAndre Ayton scores 27 points, and the Suns shot 57% overall while holding Giannis to 18 points on 5-for-14 shooting. Adam, what can you take away from this finals rematch and potential finals preview? Well, first of all, you almost said it so fast. You, if somebody maybe blinked, they might have missed it. 17 points, 7 rebounds, 19 assists for Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, he is masterful tonight. Best player on the court, even a court that featured Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, I mean, what did this game say? Look, Milwaukee has been up and down. They've been down a lot. They kind of had a couple good wins under their belt, but but then dropped this one, obviously get blown out. Meanwhile, Phoenix only has 10 losses on the season. They've been great from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, so what this tells me is the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball mm -hmm. right now. I don't know if they're the best team in basketball when it all matters. We'll find out. They certainly have a case for it. But they're the best team in basketball right now. They are in playoff form. And when they play teams that are below playoff form, no matter how talented they are, they tend to blow them out. And that's what we saw tonight. Um, <laughs> they're really, really good. I'll go a step further. I, talking about a finals preview, I think the Suns are better than they were in the finals last year. And I don't I think, think Milwaukee as, is as good. Yep. Uh, you look at what Mikal Bridges and Cam Johnson is giving them. They have leveled up this year. There's no doubt about it. And speaking of leveling up, DeAndre Ayton. Yep. He's he is demon. awesome. Yeah. He is awesome. I already read the stats, but I don't even care about that. His defense on Giannis was an issue for Giannis. And I'm going to say something, but I, I, I thought a lot about this take, and, and I'm oh, ready yeah. to go for it. 
Oh my. I think DeAndre Ayton might be the most important player in the NBA right now. The most as important far as, as far as the swing factor that he represents, because he's going to have to defend dudes uh, in, in the Western Conference playoffs, whether it be a Jokic or potentially in the finals, whether it be Giannis or Embiid. And I watched the Phoenix Suns play the Sixers the other night. They won against the Sixers, and he was just not getting moved by Joel Embiid. And that doesn't happen when you get when you have to. Joel Embiid moves everybody. He was not moving DeAndre Ayton. He is huge. He is strong. He is skillful. He is agile enough to switch under the perimeter. He could stay in front of everybody between uh, 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 like in a Joel Embiid and Giannis. Uh, he's been awesome all season long. He might be the most important player as far as swing factors in the NBA this year. So unpacking this, what you're really saying is like players like Chris Paul are obviously more important to their team, but you right. kind of know what you're going to get and the role and responsibility is sort of, we can, we can extrapolate Correct. what that'll be. With Aiton, you are talking about, okay, if you go up against Denver, you got to really make Jokic struggle. If you go up against Milwaukee, you got to really make Giannis struggle. Can he do those things? Yes. Will he do those things over the course of seven games consistently? That's a big swing factor. So I, I actually, I can agree with you on this one. I think it, he does have some really interesting matchups. And then you talk about the teams that play small. Can he take advantage of them enough so that the Suns don't have to alter their style of play, right. a la Golden State Warriors, perhaps? So uh, I, I'm with you. Aiton will be a guy that throughout this playoff run will sort of has to adjust. Guarding Giannis is very different from guarding Jokic. Uh, he'll have to adjust to all that. I like it. That's a great take. Let's go to our line of the night, which is a new thing I'm talking about now. Luka Doncic scored 51 points, notching his first ever 50-burger after scoring 28 points in his first 12 minutes as the Mavericks held on to beat the Clippers 112-105. to uh, Honestly, I know he scored 51 points, Adam. Very, very cool. But he scored 28 of those points in yeah. the first 12 minutes. Yeah. Am I wrong to be a little disappointed that he only <laughs> scored 51? Well, the reason I think you you're okay is because I think did he was he seven of ten from the three point line I think in the first quarter that's he right finished seven of fourteen so he didn't hit another three pointer yeah. so yeah I think you could be a little disappointed but my God <laughs> I, it's funny man so Embiid posted that meme after the trade goes down and who knows you know how Embiid is like he what was I referencing who knows he he did the meme of that like I showed up to my enemy's funeral to make sure he right. was dead very clearly it seems talking about Ben Simmons tonight Chris Tapps Porzingis gets traded. Here comes Luca to 28 points in 10 minutes to start this game. Like he also seemed a little energized by these trades. Right. Um, I don't really have to throw good. it to Chris Tops for a couple of dumb post ups in the beginning of every game anymore. <laughs> Look at me. I'm going to score 28 points in the first 12 minutes. Eight foot post ups that turn into 17 foot fadeaways. Those are the worst <laughs> plays in all of basketball. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, meaningful also that it was against the Clippers. Um, obviously, a team that's had their numbers in the playoffs. Of course, very little shorthanded from the team that beat them in the playoffs, but nonetheless, still meaningful to sort of put that fear. Because as much as, you know, Clippers have had Dallas's number, they have not had Luka's number. When he puts a career high on you, it, it still sends a little bit of a message. Let's get to our other late game. The Knicks hold on to beat the Warriors, but not without making it interesting late. Alec Burks and Cam Reddish miss critical free throws in the final 11 seconds. That gives the Warriors a chance to win the game with 6.2 seconds to go. Steph Curry inbounds the ball. Clay rejects the handoff back to Steph Curry. Instead, drives to the lane, gets off an open mid-range jumper. It was a nice-looking shot, but it hit the back of the rim. Golden State loses to the Knicks, 116-114. to 114. The Knicks were led by Julius Randle's 28 points, 22 points from Evan Fournier. Steph Curry finishes with 35 points and 10 assists. But it was the Knicks who get the win and end their four-game skid. Adam, your thoughts about the end of the game there? 
Uh, I mean, I can't blame Clay Thompson. He got himself a great shot, just missed it. So it, that's how you sort of judge a decision in, in that moment. It was a great decoy. I mean, Steph Curry is the greatest decoy in all of, all of basketball, and he had a good night, 35 and 10. Um, you know, I don't really have tons of thoughts about this one other than the Knicks. It was so funny. Ben Stiller, the actor, tweeted out at the start of the fourth quarter, like, oh, here we go again, or, you know, Knicks about to, I can't even remember what he said, but basically, like, the Knicks are going to lose. The, they had a good lead. It's like they're about to blow this. And sure enough, they did. In an instant, I think they blew, I don't remember what it was, 15-point lead in about 30 seconds? Yeah, I don't remember what crazy. it was. It was ridiculous, and I thought for sure the Warriors were going to win this. But the Warriors just couldn't, you know, they came up short on a couple, not just the last one, but a couple, like, great A-plus yeah. opportunities to take the lead late, and they just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, I'm going old school on this. Steph had 35 points. He's your best player. You were down by two. Go, you're at home. Go for the win at home. I, Clay Thompson. If you're, don't even shoot the two. That's my problem. I don't care. Either you or Steph. Uh, I like three there. Take the three there. I like that. The Heat beat the Pelicans 112 to 97, pulling away late thanks to strong performances from Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, who each scored 29 points. Miami outscored New Orleans 27 to 18 in the third quarter to turn a one point halftime lead into a 10 point advantage entering the fourth and have now won four straight games. They remain atop the Eastern Conference standings despite all this talk about Brooklyn and Philly. Adam, before you wax poetic about Herb Jones, uh, <laughs> any thoughts on the Heat? I, they're just, I'm telling they're like the Spurs of the East now. The old Spurs where like, right. you, they're like, well, how's the Heat doing? Are they having a good year? Yeah, they're number one. Right now they're number one. And <laughs> you're just flying under the radar exactly as they like it. Um, they're a good team. And now they got Kyle Lowry back who dropped the mm -hmm. triple-double tonight. So yeah. everybody kind of doing well in their roles. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler both dropped 29 points. Um, the Heat are I, – I can't believe people aren't talking more about the Heat. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I think we start talking about Bam Adebayo. He's in condition. He's uh, back after missing 22 games with that thumb injury. He's playing more aggressive than ever. He's getting more shots off than ever. He looks better than he ever has offensively. He's playing like – 2019 bubble Bam Adebayo right now. And it might look, look, I'm not saying he should have been on the all-star team because he missed so many games, but I think it's getting to the point where maybe by the end of the year, it looks a little silly that he wasn't named an all-star, but we'll see. Mm. Just watch out. Uh, also should mention CJ McCollum made his Pelicans debut 15 yeah. points on six of 21 shooting seven rebounds, five assists in 37 minutes. But the headline there weird CJ McCollum in a Pelicans Jersey. Well, more weird that he's not in a trailblazer Jersey to be more yeah. specific. That was, that was strange, but um, you know, he looked good for him. Funk. I thought it was a funky debut. And even between him and Devonte Graham, just like a weird pairing. Um, yeah. well, obviously it's a first game. Things will probably settle in, but I didn't, I did not like the look of those two guys together tonight. Let's quickly get through the last couple of games of the night. The Grizzlies cruised to a win over the Pistons, 132 to 107 in a game that was over early on. Memphis led 41 to 19 at the end of the first quarter and had seven players score in double figures. That includes John Morant, who finished 23 points, Desmond Bain, 22 points, Stephen Adams, 17 points and 14 rebounds. The Grizzlies have won four straight. It feels like the Grizzlies always won something amount of games yeah. straight. Uh, and seven of their last eight. The Pistons, they've lost six in a row, but nobody cares. Speaking of streaks, the Raptors have won eight straight as they continue their surge up the Eastern Conference standings with a 139 to 120 win over the Rockets. Gary Trent Jr. Yes. scores a season high 42 points. And I'm surprised that that was a season high. I thought he scored at least 60 some other time. It was Gary Trent's seventh game with 30 or more points. Pascal Siakam had uh, 30 points also for Toronto. Kevin Porter Jr., 30 points for Houston. And finally, we go to Washington, D.C., where the Wizards beat the Nets. Uh, and if you, the Wizards and the Nets, if you can't see, I'm using air quotes there. 113 to 112. Both teams just depleted because of injuries and trades at the deadline and stuff like that. 
Kyle Kuzma was there. He led the Wizards with his first career triple-double. Yeah, Shout out to Kuz. Kyrie Irving, 31 points, is the only star on Brooklyn's makeshift roster that awaits Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, like we talked about. Um, all right, that's it for the night of games. Coming up, who are some of the best players ever that won't be remembered for playing for a specific team? That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about our friends at Shopify. There it is. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell anywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, this podcast started out selling no ads at all. And now today we're selling great ads like Bet Online and Shopify and, and many more. Uh, and because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path, I love how Shopify has the tools and resources to make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like my business, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get a full access to Shopify's entire suite of features, reach customers online across social networks with their ever and growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more get insights that you can grow and detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. Grow your business with Shopify today. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Go to Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. And let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that people may have been giving up on their New Year's resolutions, but not this time. Stick to your New Year's resolution, eat right. And do it with Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because Built Bars, enjoy, you'll enjoy actually eating these Built Bars. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All so good. These are going to be your new favorites, and all Built Bars are, are covered with 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these great protein bars. They're better. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but if you go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb. That means half the calories, if not less, than normal uh, candy bar. Just four grams of sugar just four net carbs, and packed with 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has twice as many calories, packed with sugar, dozen net carbs. It's a no-brainer. Here's our offer. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off on your order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Every Friday here on Locked on NBA, we count down to the weekend, and, and today we're looking at the five best players that won't be remembered for playing for a specific team. So basically like the inverse of a Michael Jordan, who you all associate right. with uh, the Chicago the Bulls, obviously. Oh, the Bulls. The, oh, right. Right. <laughs> so let's get to the list, Adam. Yeah, so this is the idea is, you know, you had, there's two players I think that, that are worth mentioning here. I guess I'll save one of them for later, but James Harden now gets traded uh, for the the third time, his fourth team, he starts in OKC, he goes to Houston, he goes to Brooklyn, he goes to Philly. 
I think likely he's going to be remembered as a Houston Rocket, although we'll see what happens in Philadelphia. I mean, he could end up yeah. going down as, as you get mem- remember him that way. Um, but in this player empowerment era, this is the weirdest thing. There's a lot of players that you're kind of like, I don't know, how will they, how will I remember them? Right. I'll give you the first, and this is by the way, 1990 on. I liked it. Whenever we do these things, I don't want to go back to 1950, 1960. So 1990, basically, right. and forward. I'll give you some honorable mentions here. LeBron James. I think most people are going to remember him as a Cleveland Cavalier, but he did win two championships with the Miami Heat. A lot of his most iconic moments and seasons came with the Heat, so that one's a little bit weird, but I still think he gets the edge as a Cav. Yeah, I'm going to go to my grave. Like the, my, my real hot take when LeBron finally retires and is getting inducted to the Hall of Fame is that he should be inducted as a Miami Heat player because he's going to have <laughs> won more titles with them and done right. most of his damage with the Heat than he right. did even with Cleveland. So that's my hot take that I'm giving you now. But I'll just you'll hear it again 10 years from now when LeBron finally retires or whenever that happens. I think Vince Carter was a very close. He might have been number yeah. six on, on this list. Of course, we only do the top five, but he's a Raptor. He's a net. Then he's a bunch of other things at the end. But I think he's kind of split between those two. You got Ray Allen, who's, of course, uh, a, a Buck, a, a Celtic, a, a, a Sonic. So he has a bit there. Mm-hmm. You threw out Tim Hardaway. Uh yeah. You, you could even do Baron Davis, um, another Golden State guy, and then, of course, James Harden. So you kind of get the idea. These guys that you kind of think of them on multiple teams. Yeah, you know? Harden, definitely, you think about him with the Rockets, but you have to wonder, like, what would it take in Philadelphia for him to be remembered, to go down as a sixer? Because I like I think the weird thing with Harden is, like, the Brooklyn Nets thing might just be a footnote. Like, well, oh, yeah, that's right. He did do that. I forgot about that. But um we're yeah, barely we'll gonna think of him as a, as a brooklyn net to be honest there just weren't that many like iconic moments there's really i can't even think of a game like if i really sit down and think i'm sure you could remind me but i don't know if i could think of the game where i'm like oh yeah there's him in that brooklyn jersey nope i'm with you i can't remember it um if we get into our top five here though yeah number five carmelo anthony i think he is equal parts nugget and nick I don't think he's I'm a Laker. Too. I don't think he's a Blazer. I don't think he's a Thunder. <laughs> but I think he's his best successful team successful year came in Denver. You know, obviously arrived in Denver. He was an iconic sort of marketing, you know, player that was marketed very heavily as a, as a Nugget. He did have a couple good playoff runs though for the Knicks. So I don't know. It's like fifty fifty for me. His best years were probably the last couple in Denver, and then that first one in New York, right? Right. Uh, could I throw in another team there for Carmelo? Team okay. USA? Can we just remember okay, him as yeah, Team USA? Okay. I, for a second, I thought you were going to make an Atlanta Hawks joke, but Team USA, you're <laughs> right. Actually, he's pretty, pretty iconic Team USA member. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Melo, I think you're right. Uh, equal parts Denver and New York for me. Here's the crazy one. Kevin Durant. Mm. I think this number four. Kevin Durant is, to me, probably more of a Thunder player than anything. But, I mean, he did – obviously have historic seasons with the Warriors, won some titles for the Warriors. And now here he is in Brooklyn. Like there's still a chance he wins a title or two in Brooklyn. And then you think of him sort of split between all three of those very equally. Yeah. You came up with this idea for the list and, and you mentioned Kevin Durant to me and I was like, really? Like, I mean, he won multiple championships in golden state. Why wouldn't he just be remembered as a warrior? Right. Cause he hasn't really done anything with the thunder. He didn't like, you want an MVP with the thunder and scoring titles and stuff. Right. And, and he's like all the records he has them, if not Russell Westbrook, but, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of think of him more as an Oklahoma city thunder player 
I don't know. Is this why like KD doesn't get like the quote unquote respect that he thinks he deserves or probably it, like because you kind of need that home base and he doesn't really have that home base of fans, right? Like Giannis has that. LeBron has that. Like absolutely. I think that's a big kind of I don't know that it should be in this age of player empowerment, but it, it just is like just emotionally. This stuff matters. Uh, it is sort of a detriment to his legacy. Well, it's just, I don't even know about like if we talk about whether it should or this or that. It's just the way humans are wired. You categorize exactly. things and it's hard to like categorize him because the same thing. I don't know. Is he a thunder? Is he a warrior? Is he going to be a net? I know, think that's the idea that was that that's why he went to Brooklyn. He's like, this is going to be my place. My right. team is going to be in Brooklyn, but so far, not so good. So far, not so much. Um, number three on my list, Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady. Now he started obviously as a Raptor and was a pretty iconic Raptor for a while. Mm -hmm. But to me, he's equal parts Orlando Magic and Houston Rockets. To me, those are like split. I, I would go like 40, 40, 20s. 20% Raptor, 40% Magic, 40% uh, Rockets. I'm with you. 100%. 100%. 1 Spur. And like half a percent just like dude on ESPN sometimes. <laughs> Talking about back in the day. <laughs> uh, this is the most interesting one. Number two is the most interesting one. Ooh. Kawhi Leonard. Oh. Kawhi Leonard, is he a spur where he broke onto the scene? He won a finals MVP yeah. went up against LeBron. He kind of like, you know, he was I kind of, he was the next in line and he spent a lot of years there. In fact, I think he's played the most games there by quite a wide margin. But then he went to Toronto and won in Toronto in a pretty iconic way. And now he's a clipper and will probably spend a significant portion of his career as a clipper. So I don't know what Kawhi is going to be or even what he is right now. Yeah, it, this is really interesting. Because you would, I always thought about him as a spur, uh, obviously, even when he was in Toronto. He was not so much a Raptor, but wearing a Raptors jersey. You know what I mean? Like That's <laughs> always how I, Raptors. And, but, but the flip side of that, and, and he chose the Clippers, right? Like very much how yeah. KD chose, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that there's a mural of Kawhi Leonard in LA anywhere. I don't think that there's a mural of Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio. But there is a mural that anoints him the king of the north in Toronto. <laughs> so the Raptors, like Raptors fans, are like, "Be ours. We want you to be ours." And he's like, "No, I don't. I don't belong to anybody. I guess I don't know." It, it's a very, very interesting one because I, it just doesn't seem like his personality to kind of associate himself with any one city. But I guess that was the point of going to LA. So we'll see yeah. what happens. He he and Kevin Garnett might be the only players that have like I mean Kevin Garnett at least spent several years in Boston yeah. but like really should be thought of as a Timberwolf and I almost think of him as a Celtic just because that's where he won the title and maybe Kawhi will be the same way we'll always think of him as a Raptor even though he spent basically eight months there right it could be uh, and then number one this is I I said Harden was the inspiration I think there's one other player that's an inspiration here and that is none other none other than Chris Paul. Who I think you yes. could make the case is like he's a Hornet because that's where he started. He had so many iconic moments there. Then he goes to the Clippers, Lob yeah. City. It had its own name. He was very iconic for being there. Houston, whatever, Oklahoma City, whatever. But now you have him in Phoenix with this team that if they win a title or maybe go on an extended run, make the finals a couple, you know, more than two or three times over the, the, his stint there, I think you're going to think of him as a, a Phoenix Sun. He certainly seems like the best version of himself in Phoenix in a weird way because he fits so well there. So when it's all said and done, I'm not sure if we'll know how to think of Chris Paul. Clipper, Hornet, or Sun. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because he spent six years in with the Clippers. He's been in Phoenix now. This is his second year. He's 36 years old. So he's never going to spend six years. So it's not ever going to be like a right. length thing, right? He's never going to match right. the same amount of time that he did with the Clippers. I always thought of him as a Clipper. 
until he got even in Houston and right. they had a really good run there, but yeah, uh, until he got to Phoenix. And now I'm kind of with you. Like he's with the Suns. I'm like, oh, this is like the best version because he's not trying so hard, I guess, to make it his team the way it was in the Clippers. Right. And there was like those dynamics and stuff. He seems at ease. He seems at peace, uh, but he's still freaking awesome. And he's surrounded by more talent than he's ever had, which is saying a lot because those Clippers teams were really good. And that Houston team right. was really, really good. Um, but yeah, if he wins a championship, I think because of how much that will matter to his legacy, because he'll jump up several notches in the all-time sure. books, right? No question. Uh, maybe we do think of him as a son. I actually think that's still on the table in a weird way. And I have no idea why it's on the table for him and it's not on the table for some of these other players that we were talking about. But emotionally, it feels like it's on the table. That's the best I got. I think it's just because of how much the team is really an extension of him. Like so much of their success is really like point. is what he's bringing to them and unlocking all of everybody else's talents. And I'm not trying to take away from anybody. I'm just saying it fits so perfectly. Whereas even in the Clippers, it felt like, you know, the pick and roll and the lob city and all this or that. But it was that. Then it stopped. With this mm -hmm. Phoenix Suns team, it just feels like his fingerprints are on it. Even the other things that other guys on the team do. So I'm, I, I honestly think we might think of him as a Phoenix Sun when it's all said and done. That'd be cool. That would be actually really cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Any other honorable mentions? Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? That's all for that's all for now. I'm sure. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter if I forgot some, because I'm sure there's probably one or two out there that we could think of that I just that that have slipped our our yeah. our, our research. No, for sure. I threw out Trevor Ariza, but you said he wasn't good enough. <laughs> so. Not quite good enough. Not quite. Uh, good. All right. Yeah, let us know. That's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. You can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam is over on Locked on Nuggets. Thank you so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Remember, Super Bowl's on Sunday. It's free. It's available on all platforms. Adam, thanks for joining me, man. Have a great weekend, everybody.